today on the Scott Thompson Show on AM 900 CHML. Let's bring in Alyssa Freeman, Alyssa PR, uh, communications, uh, as well columnist for the Huffington Post, Canada.com, PR Daily, and with us now. Hello, Alyssa. How are you today? Well, hello, Scott. This is an interesting topic. I knew you would love this one. <laughs> I can imagine what goes on in your, in your pre-production meetings, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Not much, clearly. Uh, so uh, I'll describe, well, do you want to describe the seat, or would you like me to? Why don't you describe it? Ladies go first. Oh, well, listen, I can describe it if you like. Um, In Mexico City, they've installed something called a penis seat in the subway to teach men about sexual harassment. And what it is, it shows the top of a men's torso. and So the back of the seat would be sort of his chest. Right, right, exactly. And right in the middle of the seat is a penis. And it's meant to show, um, it's meant to be an uncomfortable seat, and it is a seat that is clearly labeled for men only. But is it really uncomfortable? And am I making light of that and stepping out of line by even bringing that up? Well, I don't know. (laughs) What's your question, Scott? I'm not sure. Just keep going. Put your head down and just keep going. Yeah. So anyways, what it, what it is, it's um, meant to um, bring awareness of the sexual assault that happens to women every day in uh, the Mexico City subway system. And this is such a problem, and I learned about it myself today, where 9 out of 10 women report being sexually assaulted, and the transport system has tried to do something. 9 like out this. of 10? Yeah. That's a, that's a big, big number. Yeah. I didn't realize it was that big. And they've had, it, let's say in the subway, there's women-only cars which have worked and which not have worked. Hmm. Um, And they've tried a number of uh, different strategies to alleviate this problem, but it really hasn't. And, you know, from a PR perspective, whenever you step over the line, or as a former CEO that I used to work for used to say, too clever by half, you are going to create controversy. And clearly, that's what they needed to do, because nothing else has worked. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Mm. And because nothing else has worked, they decided, they thought, you know what, whoever the collective was, they thought, you know, we really have to be bold. We really have to get people talking. What we're doing isn't working. Let's do something that really gets people talking. Yes, some people will agree. And yes, some people will disagree. But at least we're going to start the conversation. And from that point of view, this is a very successful campaign. So uh, does it open sexual harassment up to ridicule? Are we looking at something like this and not taking it seriously? People making jokes instead of actually understanding uh, what what the process is behind it. Yeah, I think that it will. It does open itself up to jokes. That is that it, is for sure. Is that good right or bad? Now, well, you know what? Right now, it is a joke. You know, nobody's taking sexual harassment um, seriously, uh, especially in Mexico City. And there's certain behaviors, and here's where I get up on my soapbox, Scott. So feel free. But there are certain behaviors that we as women have taken for normal boys will be boys. And, you know, as I get older and hopefully wiser, I wonder, why do I have to put up with that type of stuff? Since when is it become the norm or accepted that I should be whistled at, that I should be leered at, that I should be talked to pejoratively if I'm walking in the street just, you know, during the day and past, you know, a group of men um, and I have to endure that you know, when did it become the norm? We have been, we as women are desensitized to some of this at some point. And it's been deemed as okay and boys will be boys. Well, I, for one, I'm really tired of that explanation. It's not an explanation and it's not an excuse and there is no excuse. 
And one of the comments when I was um, sort of scanning Twitter about what people were saying about this, and I was reading the comment section of some of the news sites, and it was one of the women, a woman who uh, commented, said, you know, why aren't you treating your, your um, why aren't you teaching your sons better? Why aren't you talking to your husbands about this? And, well, the fact of the matter is, is that the conversation doesn't happen often enough. And the whole Clearly, if they've got to this point, then that discussion ain't working, right? No, and, and, and the whole boys will be boys seems to be this, um, excuse that everybody falls back on as a default. Uh, one expert said, uh, and, and there's obviously, as you said, both sides coming out on this discussion. Too often, initi- initiatives around women's safety focus on what the woman should do, or should or shouldn't do, and it's refreshing to see a creative campaign aimed at men. Uh, your thoughts on that? Oh, I agree, and and it is. So, for example, look at the look at the problem solving that the Mexico Transit Commission tried to do to begin with. They said, okay, we're going to separate women and men. Didn't work. Um, and how know, primitive is that when you think about it? To take herself out of the situation. Yeah. Oh, really? So why aren't we bringing it up to men? And people are upset by that wall. They're calling it misandry, or uh, women as misandrists, which I had to look up, which means an intense dislike or secretive dislike uh, towards men. And, you know, as soon as we put men in the spotlight, because we never usually do, if you look at domestic violence campaigns or anything, any of these campaigns that aim to start the conversation about untoward behavior towards women, it usually focuses on women. Yeah, and here there. we've turned the tables, and that upsets people. Want to hear more? Download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. And listen to The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on AM 900 CHML.